It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. You'll turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 38. We're going to look at actually what Ben was talking about somewhat this morning. I had made the decision to look at this because I thought it was so obviously uh, inarguably relevant for the day that we're living in. So I guess that's the way the Lord wants us to go today. I kind of want to do a connect the dots today. I guess I do that quite often with world events and the Bible because this is just, and I entitled on our, on our uh, website, on our streaming sermon today, the title is Headlines from Ezekiel because literally what you read in Ezekiel that was written very long time ago, millennia ago, thousands of years ago, are, are literally coming to pass even this week and in these past few days. So why do we always go to prophecy? Why do we go to prophecy a lot? I guess I should say because the Bible is 28% prophecy. The Bible is, is over a quarter prophecy. And prophecy leads us to the here and now. What we know will happen in the future, although we may not know all the details, we don't know the timing, leads us back to our personal, or should lead us back to our personal relationship with Christ. It reminds us that without Jesus, we have no hope and that we... we we can't make any sense of all the things going on that we should live in fear when, when the gospel shines light into that and says, no, that's not the case. We can know what's going on. We can live victoriously. We can uh, live boldly. We can, although there will be days where we're unsure and we, we're weak in our flesh, that the Holy Spirit can come and will come and, and equip us to overcome that, to uh, see the big picture. So... It's truly uh, an exciting time to be alive. It's truly an exciting time to be alive. Uh, and you can, only, you can only understand what that means or see that or accept that if you are a believer, a born-again believer in Christ Jesus. That's the only way it makes any sense because most people are scared. Most people are, are, you know, flabbergasted, if that's the word, about all the things going on. Why are they happening? Why are they happening so quickly? It just seems like... You know, we were thrust into this war literally just within hours when, you know, the, the, the enemy stormed in to Israel. But that's exactly what Jesus said would happen and, and exactly how he said it would happen. He said it would be like a woman giving birth, that it would start, the, the birth pangs would start off very slowly and then they would increase in speed and in intensity. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're going to continue to, to see. Only God knows the timing and only God knows what will happen and how it will happen, but yet we can see that and we can prepare accordingly. So this is a prophecy against Gog. We've read and heard a lot about the Gog-Magog war. I remember being here as a teenage boy on Sunday nights and sometimes on Sunday morning hearing Jack preach about these things. And and just like Ben said, you know, we we, we were we knew we were close then, but uh, we didn't know that all this would be happening, and here I stand, God's will and God's sovereign plan, uh, and we're talking about these things that have happened that were not exactly happening then. We see a, a war that is unprecedented in, in its potential scale here. Now, we don't, we don't know exactly, but God does, and that's where it ultimately goes is faith and, and preparedness. So in verse uh, 1 of Ezekiel chapter 38, here's a prophecy against Gog. Keep in mind that all these modern-day nations had ancient names. Now, their borders might have changed, and 
you know, their, their positioning or status in the world changed over all these years, but yet these were nations that existed. There were people there. They were, many of them, tribal at that time. Now they're great, powerful, warring nations. So a prophecy against Gog. It says, the word of the Lord, and this is the old prophet Ezekiel writing this, came to me, son of man, set your face against Gog, the, the, of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I am against you, O Gog. Chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, I will turn you around. I will put hooks in your jaws and bring you out with your whole army. Back in the old days, people would, if they wanted to lead a horse or a mule or even a, a cow around, they would put a hook in its, in its jaw. They would put a, a pin in its nose or a, a disc in its nose and they would lead them around because it kind of hurt. Because although that horse or mule is wanting to go this way and do its own thing, the master is saying, no, you're going to come this way. This is where I want you to be. All of this is happening, and it is terrible in a lot of ways from the human suffering standpoint, but all of this is happening is because God ordained it to happen, because he has a purpose in all of it. And we should always seek peace and, and seek the preservation of lives, but God's way is sovereign and so much higher than even what political leaders can can come up with and execute god's way is higher it tells us that in isaiah so he says i'm you're going to be doing your own thing in the northern parts you're going to be uh you know you might you might even be fighting ukraine gog and i'm going to lead you in a totally different direction so he says i'm going to put hooks in your jaws it's like a fish if you catch a fish you hook that fish, that fish wants to get away from you, wants to go somewhere else because that fish don't like you. You're the enemy. You're going to eat that fish. We see a picture of God and the nations here. Even though Russia and Iran and Turkey and all these other nations hate the name of God, God still controls them to an extent. He lets the powers of the air, with Satan and the, the demons, the, the gods that have returned, orchestrate to an extent their activities, but overall... He is sovereign in these nations, and he controls them. So he says, you're going to come down toward Israel. You're going to come down toward Israel. I'm going to turn you to the south and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your, your uh, horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields. Now keep in mind, Ezekiel is an ancient, ancient man that lived in a time before missile systems and and tanks and all these other things existed. So he has to try to explain what he sees in a vision given by God in terms that he understood. So, you, you know, your horse might be a tank. Uh, your shields might be your, your missile defense systems. Your, your uh, missiles, your arrows might be missiles. Your locusts could be attack helicopters or drones that we're seeing in more and more use today. So he's seeing all that. He has no idea what it is. Can you imagine how he had to be strengthened to be able to see that? See into the future and see all this activity that we're living today so he can write it down. He says, I'm going to bring you with all that equipment, all that stuff, and I'm going to bring you down, and you're going to join up with Persia, and you're going to join up with Cush and Put. These are ancient nations. will be with them, all with shields and helmets. Also, Gomer 
with all his troops, and Beth Torgama from the far north with all his troops, the many nations with you, they're going to become confederate. They're going to work together. Uh, uh, you know, geopolitical walls are going to crumble. Disagreements are going to crumble, and they're going to come together for one reason. That hook in the jaw today could be a little 25-mile long strip of land right there on the Mediterranean by just a few miles wide called Gaza. You know, the Gazans, Palestinians, as they're also called, they descended from the Philistines. Those old cities that they live in that Israel's leveling today uh, are old Philistine cities, many of them, in that area. The Philistines were seafaring people. They came over from uh, Europe, from other places. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's an allusion to a, a people that lived on the sea that many of them fished. I don't know, just... Speculation on my part. He says, I'll put a hook in your jaw. And I'll bring you down because you want to defend Gaza. It has nothing to do with these people in Gaza. I want you to remember that. They could care less. They don't care if the whole population of Gaza is wiped out. It's all about Israel and their hatred for Israel and excuses and uh, you know scapegoats to be able to attack Israel. So God is in control of all those things. Also think about it like this. We have to kind of see things how God does based on our theology. As horrible, as horrible as it is, all those, those babies and those little, those little innocent people who are losing lives on both sides, losing their lives. Guess what? They've not come to the age of accountability. They lose their lives. They are instantaneously in the presence of Jesus. They're not going to have to live under the teachings of Mohammed, which are anti-God teachings. They're not going to have to live, and we'll say this, they're not going to have to live under the teachings of Judaism because they don't include Christ. So you have two non-believing groups of people. That's how you have to look at it. Would I, if I had a chance to save those babies, would I? You better believe I would. But in, their, in the loss, in the loss, there is gain for them in the spiritual world. God is sovereign. God is merciful. God is graceful. Always remember that. His ways are higher than our ways. So we'll, we'll leave that and go forward. Who are these countries? Gog. Oh, Gog. That's Russia. If you go to the King James and in another place it says Rosh, R-O-S-H. That's the old word for Russia. Russia's been on a war footing now since February 22 when they invaded Ukraine. Russia... They're mad. They've taken huge losses in Ukraine. Uh, we helped with that. So Russia uh, are, are seeing what's going on. They've been allied with the Iranians or the Persians here in the Bible for a long time. They've had agreements that they would advance against the, the enemies of Turkey or Iran or, or uh, you know, whoever their, their minions are. They've been confederates for a long time, but now... It's really coming together. Just this past week, just this past week, Wagner, or Wagner, I guess is how, how the, the Russians say it, Wagner is how I say it, they're back. The son has took over control from the fellow that died in the accidental helicopter crash. They're setting up defenses in Lebanon, which borders Israel to the north, to shoot down Israeli missiles. 
okay? Israeli, uh, you know, weapons or whether they be missiles or rockets or whatever that are fired, they're going to fight. They're fighting on behalf of Lebanon. The thing about Iran now is Iran controls Syria. Iran controls Iraq. We gave it to our. We gave it to them when we left. We lost that war. We lost that war in Iraq. We lost the war in Afghanistan. More on that in just a moment. Iran controls everybody, including Turkey, who has the largest army in NATO, one of the largest armies in the world, probably second only to the uh, the Chinese. They, those are provinces of Persia, Lebanon, Syria, um, uh, um, those Iraq now, which is basically uh, a, a province of Iran. So all these nations, who are they? Gob, chief, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Those are some Eastern European countries. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army. Going on down, Persia, that's Iran, and Iran's militias that they control all over the Middle East. Kush, that is the Ethiopians and the Sudanese in northern Africa. Sudan has been supplying missiles uh, to the enemies of Israel for a long time. They've been fighting their own civil war. Uh, you got Libya in the mix, which uh, Libya is still a terrorist nation, even after Muammar uh, Gaddafi was killed several years ago. Gomer, with all its troops, Gomer is more of an of a Eastern European nation. Some say Germany, which that makes sense because the Germans killed more Jews than anybody, probably in history, especially during the times of the Nazis. There's still a lot of Nazi sentiment in Germany. There's, there's Nazi sentiment, anti-Israel sentiment all over the world. So it could be Germany. They could cave to the pressure. It could be Ukraine that may say, the heck with it. Let's join Russia and let's go south because we need, we're so devastated and, and depleted by war. We need all the oil and natural gas that's under Jerusalem. All of these are headlines that are, dro that are just dropping off the page into our face or off our screen all the time. So Persia, Cush, Put will be out with them, all with shields and helmets. Gomer, Beth Torgama, that is northern Turkey. Again, Turkey has said, uh, you know, even though they're in NATO, they hate Israel. They have a huge army. They're fierce fighters, the Turks are. They're bombing the, the Kurds in the north of Syria. It is all setting up. Every little tidbit you get points to this. He says in verse 7, get ready, be prepared, you and all the hordes, meaning huge groups of people together here, gathered about you, take command of them. After many days you will be called to arms. Every nation in the world, especially in the Middle East, is having an arms race unlike anything we've ever seen. The Ukrainians got F-16s this past week, which is our nuclear capable. Um, Israel shot down a Houthi. Remember, Houthis declared war on Israel this past week. They're a breakaway Islamic extremist organization from Yemen, which is right there above Saudi Arabia. They shot a, a huge ballistic missile toward Israel. And we shot a few of them down. The Israelis shot it down in space. They have a missile, and we're seeing these weapons that they're using. They have a missile which shows God's hand on them, they have a missile that they sent into space. Evidently, that Houthi missile was able to enter orbit 
or enter into space. They shot it down. They call it the arrow. Psalms 91 says, I will guard you against the arrow or use the arrow that flies by day. This is biblical stuff. If, if you don't see it, you're just, you just don't want to see it. Or you're, you're choosing unbelief. If I can understand some of this, I know you can. Amen? So we see all these things happening. Be prepared. We're, they're, they're getting ready. There's an arms race. Egypt that has, has had decent relations with Israel over the past few years. These are ancient nations. Uh, they're amassing their army. They don't know that the, the, the Gazans are going to flee in. They don't know what's going to happen. They're amassing their army. The Turks are massing, is massing their army. The Iranians are getting ready. Hezbollah is getting ready and already shooting more and more into Israel. That little nation is surrounded and in trouble. But wait, there's more. God is in control and they're still his people. That's why they can go into these tunnels and save many, many IDF soldiers by setting off a sponge bomb. Not a sponge bomb. He don't serve in the IDF. They have these bombs that they send into these tunnels on little robots, and when they explode, you know that foam that you seal up your HC units and all with? They have this on a much more massive level. It hardens quicker. They seal those, tums, the, those tunnels off. They call them sponge bombs. It's amazing. We ain't seen what they have yet that they will use. And I think the rest of the Arab world knows that, and they're like, we got to deal with these people once and for all. We hate them. It goes back to a family feud. Remember that. This is on verse 10. Um, I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 7. Be, get prepared, be ready, you and all the hordes gathered about you, and take command of them. After many days, you'll be called to arms. In future years, you will invade a land that has recovered from war, meaning Israel, whose people were gathered from many nations, and now all of them live in safety. That was leading up to what happened on October the 7th. They come out of the Holocaust, still intact. They come out of the Yom Kippur War, 1973. They come out of all these wars, the 2006 Hezbollah War. They're living relative, in relative peace. There were little flare-ups here and there that they dealt with. They're living in, in relative peace. If you look at the fence that, that uh, you know, separates Gaza from Israel, it's amazingly puny to me. You would think it would be like a great wall, you know, or something like that. But that's what the prophet here was seeing. You will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. You will plunder and loot and turn your hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations. That was the attack from Hamas. Those people were celebrating Yom Kippur. They had their breakfast meals out. Many of them were asleep. Out of nowhere, 2,500 Hamas terrorists came in and did unspeakable things to those people. The prophet wrote it down because God wanted us to know this. God wanted us to be ready. God wanted us to look to Jesus for the answers and for the way forward forward now this is interesting here he says i will plunder in verse 12 loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations rich in livestock and goods also in oil also in gold and other precious metals living at the center of the land sheba 
And Dedan and all the merchants of Tarshish and all her villages will look and say to you, Have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods and seize much plunder? Some of their plunder was human lives. There's still 242 roughly hostages in Gaza. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish are western nations. Okay, and we'll read on here in just a minute, probably in, a, in 39. It talks about the young lions, which are the offshoot nations of, of England, of Britain, which we are one, who would look and say, what are you doing? We're trying, and that's exactly what's happening. We're trying to, to uh, promote and create the picture that we are strong. We are not. We've given all our weapons to Ukraine. We've given a lot of our weapons now to Israel, which we should. We project a bigger, stronger picture than meets the eye. We're weakened morally. We're weakened politically. We have marches going on in the, in the nation's capital that say support Palestine. These, these uh, misled uh, kids who don't have the cause of the gospel, so they'll run toward any other cause that's out there, whether it be good or evil, that's what happens. Uh, our president is the laughing stock of the world. That's why we're seeing a lot of this go on from that level. We're looking, and although we're projecting, and we may shoot a few missiles down, and we may get a little more involved, but I don't know how much we can handle because they, we don't have the manpower. The U.S. Army this week hired 800 recruiters to try to make up for some of the shortages. Now, I can't help but look around. I never served in the Army. I don't claim to be tough enough, smart enough, or in good enough shape. Amen. I never served in the Army. But look at the 18 and 20-year-olds out there now, for the most part. We're in trouble. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just being honest. We're in trouble. Uh, when you don't know if you're a girl or a boy, you're probably not going to be good in a shooting war with people who are much more committed and, uh, you know, know at least what they stand for. All that aside, these nations are looking and going, wait, don't do that. And the whole time they're backing up, wait, don't do that, uh-uh. And I see they already saying it. Biden's crumbling under the pressure of the Democrats who are overwhelmingly pro-Palestinian to pull back from support of Israel. You can already see it. I said that, and I believe that's going to happen um, because he, had, he really has no power. He's not really the president. I'm not sure who he is. I've got some ideas. But that's where we're at. Ezekiel said it. Tarshish was a western port city in Spain. And it, it, it's an idiom and, a, and a, uh, a symbolism of western nations. Ezekiel didn't know about the United States. It didn't hardly exist then. He might have had some, some vision of it and, and some armies that he couldn't explain. But he would explain that by saying, well, it's a western nation. Uh, you know, they're, a, they're, they're, a, they're an offshoot of of Dedan or, or some of these northern uh, European nations that will weaken and back off. It becomes a regional war. And we'll try to fight it. We try to fight our wars now with a proxy. You know, we, we, we're proxy fighting with the Ukrainians and, and uh, Russia. We're pro proxy fighting right now with the Israelis against all these nations. So a lot of things there, a lot of things going on. Moving down, verse 14, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, this is what the sovereign Lord says, keep in mind, over all of that is the sovereign Lord. That's the key. 
In that day, when my people Israel living in safety, will you not take notice of it? You will come from your place in the far north. There are Siberians fighting with the Russians now because they've been conscripted from all the, the, as far north as you can get and live toward the Arctic Circle. Um, moving on down. You will come from your place in the far north, you and many nations with you, all of them riding on horses, a great horde, a mighty army. <coughs> you will advance against my people Israel like a cloud that covers the land. In days to come, O oh God, I will bring you against my land. So that the why? So that the nations may know me when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. At some point when Israel's about to be overrun, God's going to intervene. Miraculously, like he did in 1973 when all the our Arab nations come against him at that point. You know, then when we were a stronger nation, we were sending them jets that we painted over our insignias and our American flags and painted stars of David on them to use against the enemies. We're not that nation anymore. God is saying, I'm doing all this to show that I am God to an unbelieving world. And many will still not believe. Moving on, I want to bring this to a fruition here because there's a blue million sermons and ways that you could go with this. Verse 17, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Are you not the one I spoke of in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel? At that time, they prophesied for years that I would bring you against them. This is what will happen in that day. When Gog attacks the land of Israel, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the sovereign Lord. In my zeal and in my fiery wrath, I declare that at that time there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, every creature that moves along the ground and all the people on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the sovereign Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment upon him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hailstones, and burning sulfur on him and on his troops and on the many nations with him. And so I will show my greatness and my holiness and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. That's awesome, isn't it? Fearful, scary on one end, but it's awesome. So that tells me, a dumb old country boy, that tells me that I want to be on the side of the sovereign Lord. That's a kind of a no-brainer. You know, when we picked up basketball back in the old days and played, I wanted to be on the side of the win who I thought was going to win. Well, I am on the side of the side that is going to win and is winning, the side that has placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Because Jesus will live forever. Jesus is the Lord of Lord and the, and the Lord of hosts. His Father is Father God. So I don't know what this all means. It may mean that right at the time that Israel is about to be completely overrun, that all of a sudden God miraculously allows them to be able to use their nuclear weapons 
He, they use uh, weapons that's never before seen. Speaking of sulfur, the God, God can definitely rain sulfur and fire and brimstone out of the air, but there are bombs now being used over there called phosphorus bombs. And they'll shoot them toward their enemy, and the bomb will explode. The ordnance will, will uh, em, uh, emulate, will burn. But this phosphorus keeps burning. There were some troops that we had in Iraq that were hit with phosphorus bombs. And what happens is the smoke and the bomb's over, but that phosphorus burns and burns and burns. And that's what happened to some of our troops that were so badly burned over there. I don't know. God knows. But we can see this day. We can see this happening. Rain, hailstones, plague. We know God can unleash plague. Bloodshed. They fight each other. God can will that and will will that. All of that will happen because what a lot of what I read just now is happening. So God says, I'm the instigator of this. I am allowing this to happen. I am bringing this to pass because he has a greater plan. Here's the key for us today. We need to be ready. A lot of the debate right now, and always has been, is when... If this is indeed this war, which it sure does look like it, when does it fit into the picture of the second of the return of Christ in the rapture? Some people say, well, that's during the tribulation. It's not during the tribulation. It's not after the millennium, or but right before the millennium. It's right about the time, and I don't have time to go into all the biblical evidences for this. It's right about the time, either before or after the rapture. Thank you so much for listening to the services from Calvary Baptist Church. To hear more of this sermon or other past services, please visit our website, calvarybcgainesville.org. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. Welcome.